0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Doula Dang Thing Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about postpartum care in America. It's not good. <laughs> doula Dang Thing Podcast is not meant for medical advice. If you have a medical issue, please contact your care provider. Hi, thanks for joining us today. So glad you're here. I'm your doula, Ashley. I'm here with my sister, Natasha. Hello. Today, we're going to be talking about postpartum care in America, which is lacking in a lot of areas. hmm It could be better. For sure. For sure. In America, we have like the worst postpartum care. We have the highest uh, mortality rates among pregnant people. And that just blows my mind. Among 11 developed countries, I was looking at a report from the Commonwealth Fund, and they studied the mortality rates and, you know, availability of care for postpartum people in uh, Australia, Canada, France, Germany, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom. And we were at the bottom of the list. We were the worst ones. I'm not surprised by that one bit, honestly. It makes me really, really sad me too. It's not fair. No, it is not. The fact that we have we have improving um, infant mortality rates because we've been really working on that and and getting better with keeping the babies alive, but as a result of that, we kind of forgot about keeping the mother's alive. And so our mortality rates for pregnant women have shot up and are now like worst among developed nations. So sad. And it is like, I mean, I feel like we've talked about it in the past a little bit too, of like, once somebody's pregnant, you kind of don't even treat the mom like they're there. It's just like, how's the baby? Oh, the baby. And it's like, well, no, what about me? I need help. Yeah. And then once you have the baby, it's like, okay, you know everything now. Bye. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? I don't know anything. Yeah. It's so scary. Let's talk a little bit about the issues, why we're having these problems. You know, obviously we don't know hundred percent why these problems are occurring, but um, let's talk a little bit about what can be done, how you can prevent these issues from happening, how you can improve upon your postpartum experience uh, so that way it makes it a little less difficult, a little less scary and just, you know, so you can enjoy your postpartum experience a little better. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me that I, I worry about for moms in this country is the lack of maternity leave. Like yeah. if you're and like, I mean, I work at an office. I have maternity leave. Like it's fine. But also because I work in an office and I have maternity leave, my job is sitting at a desk. That's way easier than people working at a restaurant. Like Mm -hmm. you're on your feet moving around. You don't have, you can't take a break whenever you want. I could go to the bathroom whenever I want. I can take a break whenever I want. Like the jobs that don't have leave also have a harder structure for Mm -hmm. recovery and so it's like, okay, great. So now I have no leave. I'm still bleeding. I'm still, if you had a cesarean, like I'm still have stitches and like, I have to wear this, whatever, like, you know what I mean? I'm in yeah. this uniform and it's just like, how the hell are you supposed to do this? And I feel like from the healthcare perspective, like there are some efforts made in this country of like trying to be like, okay, we need to get more people healthcare. So like in terms of like caring for people on the medical side, it's like, yeah, there's like huge strides we can do. We could be much better. We're pretty low there, also. But, like, at least there's like options for medical stuff sometimes. Well, there's but we like, also pay the most out of all the other nations for yeah. healthcare. So wild. And it's not very good. So, like, but like, Clearly. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> right. crazy because well, it's nice. like. What are we expecting people to do? It's like, and then there's all this talk of like, we care about these babies so much. Well, what about the people who are supposed to be home to take care of them? Like, who's taking care of all these babies we care so much about? Like, it's so frustrating. Yeah, there's no or when caring for babies or parents. There's no or there. It's an and. You have to care for both. Mm -hmm. There's this idea that like, parents are an inconvenience to our jobs and to the, the society at large like we take up their time you know we have we ask we're asking for leave you know well, what's what are the employers supposed to do like there's all these like issues regarding that but it's like if we don't foster a society that takes care of the children then our society is going to be done mm-hmm. like we need people caring for the kids because they're the future of our society Mm-hmm. 100 percent and hey, everyone else does it. So if they can figure it out, then we can. Yep. And I it's agree. like you see all these people like of these huge companies and it's like, um, I think they can afford it. It's fine. Like it's wild. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not a political person and I'm, you know, this is a political issue, but it's also a bipartisan issue because we all need to care for children and families. That's the mm-hmm. future of our country. If yeah. we want to build successful things in the future, then we need to have successful families now. Yeah. And it's sad that it's political at all because it's just human beings trying to raise their kids. And it's mm-hmm. like, it shouldn't be this thing that we have to fight for. Like, you're so right. It's so sad. Oh, thinking about it, like, I can't imagine that discomfort and being like, okay, well, I either have to go to work today because my kid needs somewhere to sleep or I have to be home with this kid. Like, how do you do that? Like, I don't know. It breaks my heart. It's impossible. It's such a hard problem. Some people have to go to work immediately after having a baby. Mm-hmm. Like how? I don't even want to go to work if I'm on my period. I'm like, oh, I really have to do this? <laughs> I had a job in college um, with a bunch of feminist women who, um, on your period, you got a day off. Oh, that's so nice. I know. It was so great. Because you're not getting that much done anyways. You're just sitting there like, oh, I feel sorry for myself. <laughs> yeah. That's such a cute <sighs> idea. I love it. hmm So how much maternity leave do you get? I honestly don't know the exact amount, um, but it's kind of one of those things, like, I don't know on paper what the maternity leave is, because you, like, everybody I know who's had a kid has been gone for two to three months, but that's, like, the mix of the maternity leave, disability, PTO, you know what I mean? I don't, I think maybe four to six weeks. Wow. Which is still, like... Really not good compared to other countries. It's terrible. You ima- you think about your first appointment with your care provider after giving birth is typically six weeks. That's to see if you are healed yet. That's not like everything's great, you're all healed up, we're just doing a quick check and move on with your life. Sometimes that happens, but sometimes it's like, okay, we're going to check to see if you're healed but oh, looks like you're not. You can be healing after a birth for months. Mm -hmm. And like on top of you healing, you're also potentially, if you wanted to breastfeed your baby, trying to build up a stockpile for when you go back to work. So you have breast milk for the eight to 10 hours that you're gone. Like, I just don't get it. I'm like trying to think about how this would go and I can't figure it out, honestly. Let's talk about what, other countries are doing how much maternity leave do other countries get so much I don't know like all the breakdown but I was reading in Forbes that Norway has like 49 weeks full pay or 59 weeks 80% of pay so you're like getting over you could get over a year that's amazing Mm -hmm. because the first year of life is they're growing so much, changing so much, requiring so much of you to be able to focus on your baby for that first year mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah, how are they doing that, and we're not? Like, what's what's the difference? Well, it's there? almost easier because okay, this is the thing that's tough about a chunk of time that's long but too short to hire somebody new. Mm. Ninety weeks. You can come and go and learn a job like you essentially quit your job and then get rehired. You know what I mean? And they hire somebody else a year and a half into your job. You're doing well, like you get it, you know, all the things. So a longer period of time is actually easier to fill than like this three month gap that's just long enough to mess everything up if you're not around, but not long enough for that person to fill in and understand your job yet. So it's probably less beneficial to do it that way. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense actually. And there's a lot of things that are like, oh, we'll, we'll put that on hold because when the person comes back, like they could just handle it. Like I, we, there's no reason to start it because they'll be back in a month. Yeah. Also, I just heard they just did a, a really comprehensive study about infants within the first two months of life. And when they get, you know, a lot of attention and they're, you know, being held and and have, you know, attentive parenting th- for that first two months, it affects them for the rest of their life. If they don't get it, it affects them for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know why we're so surprised because we won't take a dog away from a mom. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a oh dog. Oh my goodness, a nap. <laughs> If you have a dog, like we had a dog that, so sweet. Um, but he would do weird stuff like when he was sleeping he would suckle and all he had like just little weird things that he would do Mm. and he was like taken away from his mom too early and it was at six weeks which is longer than most people get for maternity leave in america as a human being um and so it's just like we are and when people heard that like it was a bad situation that the dog was in so like it made sense but like In this situation, like when you tell people six weeks, they're like, oh my gosh, that poor dog. But we don't think about that as humans at all. Wow. It's like, yeah, it was really sad for my dog. And I noticed it affected his life the whole time. It wasn't like, we're like, give us that dog. We have to have it now. (laughs) It was like, okay, we'll take this dog. And then later on realized, like, oh, he has a a couple of things going on. Yeah. And that was like just a dog, you know, not just a dog. We loved him like way too much, but. (laughs) Yeah, you really did. (laughs) But it's just like, I don't know. We have all these rules in place for animals and give them this level of respect in terms of making babies. Let's just literally if we gave ourselves the amount of respect we gave dogs, that would be great. I'll take six weeks. Across the board as a start, not the best, but let's at least start where we give dogs. Yeah. Another cool thing Norway does is they also give paternity leave, like Mm -hmm. very generous paternity leave, which is so nice because then fathers can bond with their babies. They can help out around the house. They can, you know, rebuild the relationship in, in the ways that they need to after having a baby. That's really cool as well. Mm hmm. I mean, yeah, that's really important. And I think, too, like, I mean, oh, there's so many layers, but like this idea, like culturally when people say like oh he's watching the baby you know, like yeah <laughs> no he's just being a dad he's and I dad. think this lack of bonding in the beginning you know what I mean like kind of puts the structure on the woman where it's like yeah that's your kid and I'll just like help if you need it kind of thing mm-hmm. but it's like no you're a parent you're also a parent. yeah it's so sad I wonder if it feels sad like to just For be them? like Yeah, to just be like, I'm the babysitter, if they're like, cool, yeah, like, I'll take all the glory, because I watched the kid for three hours while you had a glass of wine with your friends for the first time in a year. (laughs) I don't know, we need to ask a dad. Yeah, once your husband gets back, we'll ask him. Well, my husband is very good about co-parenting, he's He's like, really into, like, he's just just very helpful, and he, he really takes on that role, and he takes it very seriously, so... I need a dad who doesn't co-parent and who, like, allows the mm-hmm. the mom to just, like, do all the work Yeah, and see if they like it. They probably like it. You think? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> as somebody who loves to overwork myself, I would feel crappy, but I don't think I'd ever let that happen. <laughs> Me too. So we're done talking about laws. I, I honestly don't like talking about laws because I know it's such a touchy subject for everybody and everybody has different opinions, which is great. I honor others' opinions and I think different opinions are very important. So we're moving on from laws and let's talk about what we can do because we're in this situation. We can't rely on the government to give us what we need. How can we get it for ourselves to make our experience better now? Mm Mm-hmm. One thing that a lot of countries do is they have this, like, kind of 30-day period. I think Mexico does it, China does it, a few mm-hmm. others, where you kind of just are, like, the family comes together and, like, mm-hmm. helps you out for a month yep. and just, like, lets you And do you're you. spoiled and, mm-hmm. like, you just bond with the baby. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, on... A national level it's not going to be like hey everybody we need to start doing this but in your group to be to change your own mindset of to be a good mom I have to know everything and be able to do everything mm-hmm. myself and instead say hey my family loves me hopefully and, <laughs> and wants to be around this baby too and by me just hanging out and letting them do some stuff And, like, welcoming that help. Because even when, like, your friend gets, has a baby, like, you want to do something, but you kind of don't necessarily always know what to do. And, like, to be able to just have that invitation to, Mm -hmm. like, do whatever you want, come up, come over for three hours and, like you're more than welcome to pamper me and clean my house. Yeah, Like, I would love for someone to say that. I'm like, I'm coming over with my mop. (laughs) I will be there. You know it. Yeah, you're like, do you want me to organize your garage? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I love a cleaning project. This is such a huge problem. And I, when I was having my babies, I was guilty of it as well. I remember my mom coming the first time, for the first time, and I essentially, like, killed myself to make sure my house was clean for when she came over. So that way... Yeah, it was dumb. So that way I could be like, oh, I got it all under control. But I didn't, you guys. Like, I was... Like, I was so wore out after doing that, that that my house just became even messier because I was so tired (laughs) that I couldn't (laughs) clean for a long time after. So sad. I know. I wish I would have known more... I wish I would have felt more comfortable accepting help, and I know how hard it is, trust me, because I was the same way. But now when I'm struggling and I need help, I ask for help because there's no point in stressing yourself out. It's going to make you stressed. It's going to make your partner stressed. It's going to make your kids stressed. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Ask for help. Yeah. And I know a lot of times you don't have family close by or maybe you're not close with your family or you don't feel safe with your family, but you probably know somebody that cares about you Mm -hmm. and that likes you and wants to help you. And if you don't have a relationship with your family and you have one good friend, that friend knows and they are like worrying about you and they Mm -hmm. want to make sure you feel supported. So like giving them that space is also probably going to help them worry less too that they can help you. That's so true. I always feel like that. Mhm. Cuz when I offer help, I really want to give it. Yeah. I think most people do. I think most people when they offer to help, they are sincerely wanting to help you. It's not just, you know, fluff like hoping you're going to say no. Like they really mm-hmm. care about you. 100%. And if they didn't want to help you, they would offer something else. That's so true. Like, like, let's go out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if you need a break from the baby, I'm down for cocktails. (laughs) You're so right. That's true. You can read the situation that way. That's a really good point. Okay. So creating a network of people who can help you and setting your mindset of support over perfection. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, well, I like it done a certain way. I don't want somebody else cleaning because I like it done a certain way. Let's, Let's, okay, yes, I'm the same way. I like things a certain way. I'm very particular. Like if one thing's out of place, it kind of bothers me. But when you're in that space of trying to bond, trying to heal, trying to learn how to care for a baby, can we just, like, let go of a little <laughs> bit of that perfection and mm-hmm. accept that better is better than nothing? hmm Because... Easier said than done. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know it is. But it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Because I've gotten to that place... In my life, so I know it is possible (laughs) because I used to drive everybody absolutely insane because I was super particular. You guys, these children's birthday parties have gone from a Pinterest (laughs) board to, I don't know, do you guys just want like a nice present instead? (laughs) And you know what? They love it. They love it. Everybody's happier. Uh And that's why I, I, you know, that's why I preach it because it's like I've seen with my own eyes how I've changed how it's affected my family, and everybody is happier now. Mm. Nobody cares if your party is perfect and and Pinterest-worthy. Yeah. Your kids do not care, I guarantee it. Not when they're little anyway. I'm sure when they're older, they'll care a little bit more. But when they're little, they don't care if you spent 10 hours making their little goodie bags cute and like... <laughs> Making the food in the shape of a, you know, whatever. Yeah, they don't care at all. It's wild. They just want to have fun and play. Mm -hmm. And they'd rather you spend that time playing with them than spending it, you know, doing whatever crafty thing you've figured that they have to have. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that to be judgy because, like I said, I've been there (laughs) And it's fun, like if it's a position where you're doing something. Oh, if you're enjoying you it, like then it, that's, that's different. It. Yeah, then that's self care. That's uh-huh. something you enjoy to do. I wasn't doing it because I enjoyed it. I was doing it yeah. because I felt like I had to do it, mm-hmm. and I didn't. <laughs> and my house doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, it's not.
1: <laughs> it and really there, isn't. And the, and the,
0: I know, and the kids are happier uh-huh. if I'm not writing them all the time to. To clean up, which I mean, I feel like I already do that anyway, but it's like let them live a little, let them have Mm -hmm. a little, you know, leeway. You know, my husband, when he cleans something, is it like I would clean it? No, of course not. But do I say, thank you so much for cleaning that, and then just leave it until the next time I have to clean it and I'll do it the way I want to do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't use (laughs) it. But it really makes such a big difference in just like the peace in our house when Mm -hmm. I let go a little bit of what my expectations are. Mm -hmm. And I think it's giving your kids a little bit more space to be creative. For sure. A little bit more free. Yeah. That's fun. Okay. So we have let yourself have a support system. What are some tools people can use for? Self-mental care, postpartum depression support, that whole huge bag. So the great thing about that is they've seen that when you have support and help postpartum, you are way less likely to develop postpartum depression. When you have a support system in place, you're less depressed. Because doing it all alone's gotta be It's really, lonely. really hard and it's lonely and it's stressful because you're like, oh well my house isn't perfect, so I can't have anybody over. So
1: mm-hmm. then you don't have
0: anybody over, so then you're alone. So then you're by yourself, feeling isolated from everybody and feeling resentful of, you know, this baby because they're you love them, of course, but they're they changed your life so much. And now you're trapped in this house Mm -hmm. and you can't go anywhere. Nobody can come to you. And so it's just like a cycle of like loneliness. And of course, if you're that lonely, you're going to be depressed. Mm -hmm. And I will say, you know, there are a lot of things that go into postpartum depression. It can be, you know, hormonal, chemical, you know, all of these things contribute. But if you have a support system, you are less likely to develop it. Okay. And in the case where someone has no friends, no family, nobody that they can rely on. Can you talk a little bit about postpartum doulas and other things that might be available? Yeah, I am a postpartum doula. <laughs> so postpartum doulas are somebody you can hire to come in, and they're not like a nanny. They they can care for the baby if you need to like rest or you know just have some time for yourself. Um, they can care for the baby, but they're more of there to for you. So they can offer emotional support, educational support, physical support. They can't, sometimes they will help you clean and cook and all that stuff. Just depends on what their personal preferences are, but they're there for you. So if you don't have anybody and sometimes people just want to talk and the postpartum doula will come and they'll talk to you and you know, you can share how you're feeling and share how your birth went. And if you have to work through any of those feelings, they're there to emotionally support you there. You know, if you want to just go take a bath and just like have some time alone, they can care for the baby, you know, essentially just whatever you need to feel better. Mm -hmm. And you might not be in a position to financially afford a postpartum doula. That's okay. They are, there are, Doulas that will do it for a reduced fee or for free. Uh volunteer programs exist as well. Uh usually, if they're a new doula, they need uh to have a certain amount of hours as a postpartum doula in order to be certified. So you can find a new doula. Um, they've had all the same training and you know they're ready to go. And they're probably very excited. Yeah, they're they're super excited because they're new and they want to you know do a good job and get certified and you know you have to fill out a review for them and so they want to do a good job. So you don't have to feel like oh they're new they don't know what they're doing like they're ready to go. And um, usually they'll do it for really cheap or even free. Cool. Are there any other services that people can look into for postpartum care other than doulas? At like a either paid or low cost, I think is helpful. There are a lot of different, I mean, there's, there's so many options. You can go on care.com and find somebody. Um, you can, if you're involved in a church or something like that, there's a lot of people who are willing to help that way. If in your neighborhood, you know, of like a high school girl or, or boy that you Mm -hmm. trust to come in to either like clean up a little bit or, you know, oh, yeah, that's to play true. with the baby while you just like sit there mm-hmm. and like you don't have to be touched or bothered. Like that can be really helpful. And sometimes they'll do it for super, super cheap or free. You know, mm-hmm. there's lots of different options. And, you know, if you don't trust the person to be alone with your baby, that's okay. You can be there in the room, but just not caring yeah. for them. You like know, it's a different meals or, yeah. yeah, it's a different feeling mm-hmm. when, when you're not having to care for the baby, it Mm -hmm. gives you a little bit of a a chance to break, to have a break. Okay. That's cool. Those are good ideas. Really want to talk about a scary topic. Um, I want to talk about the mortality rate postpartum for people who just gave birth. Oof. So sad. Obviously I wish we didn't have to talk about it, but it's very important to know what what causes it so that way if you start developing any signs or symptoms you can get yourself to the hospital. The most common reasons for death postpartum are uh, like cardiovascular issues like high blood pressure and stuff like that, bleeding, or infection. The good news is if you catch this early enough They can stop it. They can help you. They can fix it. So if you are knowledgeable about the signs and symptoms of what these things are, then you can prevent it and you can get healthy and everything will be fine. It's estimated that the mortality rate can be decreased by two thirds in America. Oh my God. Just on education, on different frameworks that hospitals can use to make sure to do their checks, you know, like Mm -hmm. increase their checks. Like California, for instance, they started using all these frameworks in hospitals and they decreased their mortality rate by a ton. And all it takes is to be aware of what's going on. That's it. So let's talk about the signs for these things. So for, for high blood pressure, you can have headaches, blurred vision, um, if your body just doesn't feel right, if you just feel different in a bad way, just call your doctor or just go straight to the hospital. If you have a severe severe headache, go straight to the hospital. If your if your vision is blurry, go straight to the hospital. If you feel nauseous or, you know, any of these things, talk to your doctor or just go straight to the hospital whatever you feel more comfortable doing. If you have a lot of bleeding, So if you're soaking through a pad in an hour, like you're just like bleeding, 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 go to the hospital because they can stop it. If you ever have any weird drainage or pus or like something smells really bad or, you know, anything like that, you have a fever, go to the doctor. You probably have an infection. If you've waited a long time with those things, go to the hospital and they can help you. Also, if you have any severe pain, so any severe headaches or severe pain in your stomach or abdomen, um, the cramping and the kind of the contraction feelings is normal. We want that to happen. That's a good thing. That helps stop your bleeding. You might notice it particularly when you're breastfeeding. That's normal. But anything other than that or any sort of constant pains that are severe anywhere in your body um, If it's really bad, go just straight to the hospital. Don't mess around. If it's just kind of bothering you, definitely talk to your care provider about that. Dizziness, or if you're just like kind of almost feel like you're going to pass out, go to the hospital. Those are emergency situations. So I know it's scary stuff to think about. Nobody wants to talk about this. But it's important to know what the signs are after you give birth because you essentially don't see anybody Midwives usually do home checks and visits and stuff like that and kind of keep up with that, but you don't see anybody for six weeks after you give birth. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. Really long. And a lot of these issues happen within, you know, the first week or two of having a baby. So Mm -hmm. just keep an eye out. If anything feels wrong, go to the hospital. And if they say, why did you come here? You're fine. Great. You're like, all right, cool. Thanks. Peace out. Thanks. Appreciate it. Got any free, like, cotton swabs? Or... <laughs> Can I get <laughs> some more I've diapers up in trip. here? <laughs> and I do want to just point out, more than half of maternal deaths do happen after baby's born. So it's not something that, like, if something does feel off, it's not like you're being crazy. No, you're or, not like, being crazy. Just go straight over just there. Just go. Yeah. I mean, we're not taught about that stuff, really. No. I mean, I think all the education from doctor's offices is usually focused on up until that baby comes out. Mm-hmm. And then after, it's like you your 10 minutes with your lactation consultant and that's it. And it's like, okay, now you know exactly what to do for the yep. rest of your life for you and your baby. And you're like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's why I created the bump up birth method the way I did. Because... We talk about everything in birth and all that stuff that's really important for that part. But also, like, what do you do after Mm -hmm. this baby comes home? And what should your body be doing? And what do you need to look out for? Because it's so important and we don't talk about it enough. And so many times people will have a baby and they're, like, lost. And they're like, wow, how come nobody told me any of this stuff? Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember when... We just were thinking about starting this podcast. I was talking to a friend and I was telling her about it and she's like, Oh my gosh, talk about all the diapers you're gonna wear and like just like a laundry (laughs) list of just like all these like silly little things she had no idea that just like Mm -hmm. makes you feel a little bit like not yourself Mm -hmm. because it's like, why didn't anyone tell me this? This is not cute. Like Yeah. That's like if you put it all in there. Yeah. Because it's I remember what I felt like coming home, like, what the heck is (laughs) happening? So I don't want anybody to feel Mm -hmm. like that because they don't have to. All it takes is just to know. Mm -hmm. And it makes such a big difference in the way you feel about yourself and about your situation. Yeah, 100%. So now I want to talk about bonding with your baby. And bonding as a family because there's a new family dynamic once you bring baby home. And, you know, learning how your relationships are going to interact and how they're going to change. Some ways good, some ways not. Um, That takes time to learn all those things and to feel connected again. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have a lot of time to do that, there are ways that you can kind of speed up the process a little bit. So the number one way is to do skin-to-skin holding with your baby. That's for both parents it benefits both of the parents and it benefits the baby tremendously I hear like definitely this bonding thing I'm all about I've been hearing like people and articles writing about this never have I heard somebody like actually say it of like holding your baby um like makes them spoiled or then they'll want to be held all the time where did this come from do people still think that like do you know anything about that I do (laughs) Okay, great question. Yeah, so that is definitely an older kind of adage. Like, I'm sure if you bring your baby home, there's going to be somebody in your family that says, don't pick up your baby, they're spoiled, you're going to spoil them, you know, all that stuff. It's very common back in the day. And it was made popular by um, a guy named Ferber, the Ferber Method. And it's where you just let your baby cry. So that way, they're not "quote, quote-unquote" spoiled, and like they can just like deal with it themselves. Now, research shows that that's actually the opposite case. So, babies who were uh, attended to quickly when they were crying and were comforted and and felt connected and secure to their parents are actually more confident, more self-assured. They are less clingy. Uh, all of those things because. Babies need you, especially in the beginning, you know, I talked about earlier, um, about within the, the first two months, especially they need to feel comforted because they don't really have the ability to do that on their own. And what they do instead is their brain just kind of shuts down. So just because the baby is not crying doesn't mean they don't need you anymore or because they stopped crying doesn't mean they don't need you it means that their defense mechanisms are kicking in and their brain kind of shuts down mm-hmm. to protect them oh my god that's so sad it's really sad <laughs> little baby I'll hurt you and that's not to put put that method down because back then they didn't know any better and that you know we can only do what we know mm-hmm. and we have to forgive what people don't know because that's past and you know you can't be and I, I don't want you to be, like, mad at your parents because— <laughs> I like they, this because you didn't hold yeah, me. Yeah, because they made you cry or because they didn't hold you enough. But, I mean, that's the past. That's what they thought was mm-hmm. good, and they were doing the best they could. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, we know that attentive parenting actually creates more um, confident children. Well. And is that different? Is it like an age thing between that and like when you sleep train, you kind of just like let them cry? Well, that's, that's a different thing. So okay. the first three months, you can't sleep train a baby. They don't have the ability to, um, they don't have any circadian rhythm yet. Okay. It takes a while for that to develop within their brains. So, you know, if you have a newborn, don't let them cry it out because they, they can't sleep properly yet. They're still learning how to sleep. So cute. Yeah, cute. They don't want really to do anything. They don't. They need help. <laughs> so when they get older, then once they're older, you, they can be, start getting spoiled. But when they're a newborn, you cannot spoil them. The more you hold them, the better. Cool. Okay. That was a little tangent. Thank you. Yeah. But the, you know... They sh- you should still try to put them down to sleep, you mm-hmm. know, in the schedule, and and so they can learn those things. But if they're crying, go get them. Okay. And sleep is a different. Th- we'll talk about that on a different time. Yeah, I but yeah, like that's a whole can of worms. Yeah. Okay, bonding. We got bonding. Yeah. So, skin to skin contact releases oxytocin for both you and your baby. For you, it makes you feel more calm, less stressed. It increases your feelings of love towards your baby. So if you're feeling kind of disconnected with them or, you know, if you have some resentments for them, um, because that can happen and that's normal, um, especially if you had a traumatic birth, that holding your baby can really, really help you feel better. And for your baby, it in- improves their heart rate, their respiratory rates, um, their body temperature. Their um, stress levels go down. It's really, really good for both of you. And both moms and dads can do that. Or any caregiver can do that. Cool. So when you don't have a ton of time to bond, increasing your skin-to-skin contact can really help speed up that process. Another thing that can really increase your bond, not always, some people absolutely hate it, and that's okay, but is breastfeeding. So if you want to increase your bond and kind of speed up that connection with your baby, breastfeeding can really help. Now, if you're having a lot of struggles and troubles breastfeeding, get help as soon as you possibly can because the longer you struggle and fight your baby, the less kind of gooey, mushy feelings you feel about that process, right? Because it's just causing you pure frustration for so Mm -hmm. long. So if you're having issues, get help right away. Um, you can find the help from an IBCLC, a breastfeeding counselor, a lactation consultant, um, La Leche League. They're all over the place. They have peer counselors and you know support groups you can join. Um, if you're a member of WIC, they have WIC peer counselors. There's help all over the place for breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. So if you're having troubles, reach out for help because then it will make the experience feel better. When it's hard, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And that is one of those things that is a government initiative. So if you are in a position where you might not be able to afford something or you feel like you might not be able to breastfeeding, if you choose to go that route is something where there's a lot of support you can find and free resources. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of resources. So definitely reach out. Um, Pumps. Pumps are also um, government assisted. So if you can't afford a pump, you can get one. Um, insurance covers pumps. A lot of people don't know that. You can uh, buy a pump and your insurance will cover it most, most, in most cases. So that's also available to you as a, as a help. It is also your legal right here in America that if you decide to pump, your employer has to allow you ample time to pump and in a, in a space that's not a bathroom. And that doesn't, that's private without a bunch of people coming in and out. That's your right here. That's the law. So if you have to go to work early and you still want to continue offering breast milk to your baby, then you are by law allowed to pump at work. There's the elephant of the roo- in the room about child care after having a baby. Because it's so unbelievably expensive. And even when you have the means, hard to find. Yes, especially for newborns. Um, I don't know how to help that or fix it. All I'll say is start early. If you know you have to go back to work right after your baby's born, the second you find out you're pregnant, start looking for childcare hmm And get it set up because it's hard to find. It can be really expensive. You need to know what to expect in that aspect. You might need to start saving now. Just start as soon as you can to find a place that will take your baby and reserve their spot. I wish I had better advice, but it's just such a hard thing. And I, you know, I don't know. It's just really tough. Mm -hmm. We literally paused this recording so we could talk about some solutions. And circle-tacked into no stuff. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> oh man, there's nothing that we could think of that will work. It's really, really hard. Yeah, I know in other countries, fair. they have the, a lot of, um, it's very common to have like the grandmother or grandparents come in to take care mm-hmm. of the kids, but like so, so many people don't have that option, and so many people are working so late in life that mm-hmm. they can't quit their jobs to go take care of a baby. Mm -hmm. And as people start having babies later in life, those grandparents are too old to take care of a kid. Like they just can't do it. Yeah. It's It's a really hard situation. Even like somebody I was talking to was, wanted to get into these daycares like around their house. There's like three. And They were, like, just found out they were pregnant and applied. And, like, they were essentially laughed at. Like, no, when you try to, when you start trying to have a kid, you need to apply. Like, you just think about having a kid. That just, like, like, enters your mind and you just, like, okay, so check your area. See what. It's wild. See what's up. Yeah. And I think during, like, pandemic time, it was even harder because a lot of those were shut down. So it's, like, a lot of you got to kind of do this one off situation when it gets really expensive. So and it's expensive. just like insane. It's really really hard. Well, this is depressing. I know. Okay, what else can we end on a better note? I know, note we got to end on something better than We have no this. solutions for child care. <laughs> okay, one thing, one other tip It's not as depressing. (laughs) Yeah. Let's try to liven up this room a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm just depressing you guys. Okay. So one other tip is you can stagger your care. So you can kind of coordinate with your family members or friends or, you know, whoever you decide to have come in your home to help you. You can stagger it so that way you'll have help for longer. I will say this the first week or two your baby might be a little sleepy. That's very common for your baby to be very quiet, to sleep a lot, be like super chill. And you're like, "Oh wow, this is easy. Never mind, guys, I don't need any help. Don't bother coming over." And, and then, then they wake up. And <laughs> they wake up and you're like, "Oh no, I'm drowning. What do I do?" So that's nice of them to give you a little week <laughs> yeah, well, they're like, you know, trying to figure out life outside the womb and they're going through a lot too. And then they get used to it and they're like, okay, now I'm going to be my true self. Oh my gosh, that's like me starting kindergarten when our dad <laughs> always tells the story of me. On the first couple of days, she loved going to school, and then she's like, "Wait, I have to do this every day." Uh-huh. And then I cried every day for like the half whole of the year. year. <laughs> oh, okay, I guess it was the like whole the year. whole year you cried every day. <laughs> oh my gosh! But Holy yeah, crap. so <laughs> newborns are like that. Um, so they might be a little quiet. Not always, you know. You can get a, a lively one. But they might be a little quiet to start off with and kind of trick you into a false sense of security. And you'll be like, oh, I got this. I'll have plenty of time but to you clean don't. my house. <laughs> no, you, no, I'm not saying like you're never going to be a good mother. No, I'm just saying that, um, you know, be prepared. Don't be, don't be alarmed if all of a sudden it gets harder. That's normal. That's okay. Have help ready. Um, Like, don't tell everyone you don't need anything those first couple weeks. Um, Just be ready. Prepare yourself. Because when we're prepared, it's easier. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Being a woman. What a time to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. I mean, I feel like we saved the heavy stuff for the end. Sorry, listeners, if you're in a real mood now or Should I move it to the beginning? Just, like, hit him with the depresso stuff? Hello, you might die. (laughs) Number two, there's no affordable child care. (laughs) Number three, your baby's going to wake up after two weeks and you're going to lose your mind. (laughs) No. I don't know. Being a parent is hard. Yeah. You know, yeah, let's, we're keeping it real on Dula Dang thing. It's really, really hard. But it's so amazing in ways you'll never even know, like until you do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't even explain to somebody what it's going to be like until they actually experience it. Like, yeah, it's going to be on paper, it's going to sound like, why Only did bad. I do? <laughs> what, why did I do this? What, what have I signed myself up for? But then when you're in it, it's just indescribable joy. And that doesn't always happen in the beginning. So if you're not feeling that right away, that's totally normal. But you will have glimpses of it. And then you'll be able to kind of rest in those joyful moments. And it will feel like nothing you've ever experienced in your life. it's mm, nice. So I know I'm saying all this scary, horrible stuff right now, <laughs> but that's just something you have to take to get those amazing, incredible moments. And this is why people have kids and then have more kids because, yeah, it's, there's a lot of terrible stuff that goes into being a parent, but the the good parts outweigh it by so much that you just want to do it. Yeah, it's like when you have a really fun drunken night, and then the next day you're like, oh, I don't feel good. But you, then you have another cocktail the next night. <laughs> you got to take the bad with the good, and that's with everything good. There's always something that you don't like about it or that's hard about it, and that's what makes it feel good. Because if we didn't have those differentiating factors, it, everything would just be kind of blah. mm mm-hmm. But when your baby smiles at you for the first time oh or any time or starts giggling, when they start like understanding jokes and like oh they God, start thinking you're hilarious. Even like Ugh. oh my gosh. Or I when can't. they just like snuggle with you. Oh my gosh, babies. And they smell like a baby. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, there's a lot of good stuff too. Cute and they're so small, so tiny. Okay, cool. Yeah, you guys, we like babies. Thanks (laughs) for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And all this crap you have to go through is gonna be worth it in the end. It's I I don't know anybody who said like, man, I wish I never had these kids. I'm sure that's out there, but the majority of people. Don't regret going through all of this. Yeah. And I actually do know one person who was like, oh, it's like really nice not to have kids. And then like they had another kid and they're like obsessed with their kids. Well, sure, you're like going to have moments where it. you feel like, why did I do this? Mm-hmm. And in I the think, hard times, you're yeah. going to, you, you can feel like that. Yeah. But it's not a long lasting, overarching feeling mm-hmm. for most people. It's nice. So I hope we didn't depress you too much. I hope we gave you some helpful tips of how to kind of fill in the gaps of uh, what you need and what is offered to you. If not, let us know. We'd love to hear some feedback. You can reach us on Instagram at supported underscore season. You can go to supportedseason.com slash contact to send an email. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you have any suggestions or questions, we'd love to hear those too. And uh answer them here on dang thing. Thank you so much for joining us. Um like I said, sorry, but hopefully it was helpful. And we hope to see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.